0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zeffert, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: On the 20th of January 1942, the House of the one Conference was the venue for a meeting of high-ranking representatives of the Nazi regime, where the implementation of the final solution, that is, the systematic murder of all Jews, was discussed. Dr. Matthias Huss is the head of the Education Department and the Deputy Director of the House of One C Conference Memorial Site and Education Centre, he joins me now to tell me more about how the final solution was discussed and what the memorial centre does. Dr. Haas, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me,
1: Dr. Haas. I'm assuming you are doing this call from Germany at the conference center, education centre. Is that correct?
0: Well, right now, because of the pandemic, we all work from home, so um, we should stay at home. We should not meet many people, so I'm right now in my office at home.
1: I think the reason I was asking is I'd like to know where this villa is. The,
0: the villa is in the outskirts of Berlin, and many people who come to us always ask, is that still Berlin? And it is. It is a, a suburb, a very posh, a very upscale uh, suburb, uh, with private villas, a little secu- secluded away from the center of the city and also the political center of the German Reich at the time. So
1: in 1942, can we still see it as an upmarket center of Berlin?
0: Yes, this is, so this was, Berlin was growing over time and, um, the site was probably sh- chosen to, to show off also. Reinhard Heydrich invited to this meeting. It shows this, highly representative place which was used as a, the guest house of the SS um, to invite his colleagues and he wanted to make an impression and he really wanted to dominate the meeting on this uh, as well and and the site played a role here.
1: Tell me a little bit that wasn't where that the final uh, solution was decided on it was just the implementation what is the difference what is the, what is the significance of that?
0: Well, we have, if we look at any political system and also in the, in the Nazi time, the, the Third Reich, uh, we have the political decision makers. Hitler, of course, as the leader, the Führer, and then the different ministers. And we know many of them. Goebbels, the minister of propaganda, or Heinrich Himmler, as the head of the SS and the German police. Uh, Hermann Göring, the second man and the regime. So these are well-known figures, decision makers, politicians. And then we have the level of administration, the permanent secretaries at the head of really the different ministries, organizations, police, SS. And these were the people who met. So this is not about deciding what to do with the Jews. And let us not forget, mass murder had begun already. We have at the time of the meeting around Five hundred eight 800, to 800,000 people being murdered, men, women, children, killed by the Einsatzgruppen. So mass murder is underway. It's not a decision uh, to murder, but how to organize a Europe-wide procedure of deportations and killings. And from Norway to Greece, from France to the occupied territories in Eastern Europe. And to, to organize that, to implement that, that's the purpose of this meeting.
1: Dr. Haas, we know what happened next. So maybe we can turn a little bit to your education center that is based in the villa That's what, that has become the 1C Conference.
0: It's interesting to look really in the time after 45 and how... German society dealt with this history, and for a long time uh, there there was no there were no memorial sites at historic sites at the former authentic places of history. Our villa, for example, was used as a recreation home for inner city kids from Berlin. So, from the mid '50s to the mid '80s, uh, kids came for two three weeks to the lake Wannsee, and played there and had a good time. There were, there was later on in the early 1980s, a memorial plaque that said, oh, this is the site, actually. There were attempts in the sixties by a survivor, Josef Wolf, a Polish Jewish survivor who lived in Berlin and who had written 18 books about the Nazi past. And he said, this is one of the most historic, uh, important historic sites for this history. Let's make it a documentation center for the history of National Socialism and its consequences. Let's deal with The consequences in post-war societies. He failed terribly. There was there was support for his idea, but on a political level, people didn't want that. People didn't want to face their own history, our own history, as Germany, the country of that that bore responsibility uh, for this this history. And today, we always think, oh yes, uh, keeping the memory alive um, and having these sites is 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 a given. Is but this was something. Heavily fought over and it took 50 years really until our memorial site and education center opened in January 1992. And because of the history as a recreation home for teenagers, education was at the center of our work right from the beginning on. And education, not only for students, but also for professional groups asking questions about professional ethics. Working with policemen and training, working with nurses and training, working with the military, and of course working with state administration. The different professions do in the Third Reich, in the Nazi uh, uh, under the Nazi regime. How did they get complicit in that regime or became perpetrators? And what does that mean for us today, for our work, for our responsibility? In the world we live in.
1: You talk about the resistance during the 80s and, and the long period of um, struggle that you had. And I just wondered to what extent does time heal and does time allow people to negotiate their past, or are we talking about another generation that is more accepting?
0: I think time uh, definitely plays an important role, and if we look back really to the 50s and 60s, and and the number of scandals and continuities is mind boggling. It's 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 hard to really understand. On the other hand, it's hard for us to understand the 30s and 40s, how the whole history happened. So it's it's in a way logic that it 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 was very difficult to face to face this history from the people who lived through it and who were in positions in society uh, that uh, that gave them responsibility, um, and so that that generation had had to be pushed really to face. And reflect on this history, I think is quite natural or obvious. A a change of generation, a new generation, I think is important. And also some distance in time to, to be willing maybe to look, to look a little closer. And if we think about these, I mean, the horrendous crimes and it's still very difficult to really look at what happened. And so it is um, as painful as it is, and as as critical as we have uh, in in analyzing it, I think it's also we we need to see the the circumstances at the time. But we should also not say, oh, now it's 75 years after the end of the war, Uh, now it's time uh, to forget. I think we still have, uh, this history is with us, this history and its consequences is is world history uh, and its its relevance does not uh, fade away over time i think it's a, you know what people are able to do with people with the assistance of of thousands and thousands of uh, of of administrators of bureaucrats of people doing just their part and being not aware of what they took part in and not willing to to be aware of that, I think is something we need to be uh, be critical of and be aware of today. So time is important, but um, it's still very relevant.
1: There are so many different Holocaust centers that have that exist around the world, as well as the in situ kind of concentration camps where people go and visit. You've got a different situation in way that you, your museum is the actual place where the decisions were made. So it's almost, it's clinical at some level. Um, on the other hand, you talk about Holocaust education and sometimes we see Holocaust education as a panacea for any kind of racism currently taking place. If somebody makes a racist comment, the default position is off to the Holocaust center. And I wonder to what extent you think this is effective and if so, why, if not, why not?
0: Well, um, it's absolutely right what you say. There is uh, an incident um, and, and then the, the immediate call for, oh, let's, let's make them learn about history. That's a long debate in Germany. And it, it's true. Our site is really special. It's a site of the perpetrators. I think that is very, very important. It's a, that's a big difference to the former sites of concentration camps where the prisoner camps were made memorial sites. These are places of mourning, of suffering of the victims. Places for the families to go and friends, and to to go there and remember. That is, I think, very important. Our uh, side is the side of the uh, perpetrators to learn about really uh, uh, a crime that's unprecedented was unprecedented, but and still does not compare to incidents today. There was a historian and one of the big conferences of historians in Germany, I, I think, a good twenty years ago, who said, "You do not uh, need to visit." A memorial side to the Nazi past to understand and know: those shall not kill. You should not attack other peoples. Um, you should not kill others. This is something obvious. The, hi- history does help little in that. Uh, let's face our world today, and let's learn about our world today. And history might help. History, but but this needs preparation. These this needs thoughtful and sort of procedures to send people there. Um, and uh, to take this as a, a vaccination, and we talked a lot about vaccinations today, no, it's not a vaccination for anything. It's, it can help us to understand the world we live in. It can help us to see the dangers of where actions might lead that seem so not so terrible. And that does not mean that any racist attack, any anti-Semitic comment will lead to another Holocaust. It will not, probably. But But still... We need to learn from this history, where uh, thoughtlessness and where where people were just careless and um, offensive and 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 aggressive and violent uh, might lead. So that does this history teach us something about respect? Probably, but it should not, and is not the only. These are not the only places where we can learn something about that.
1: A very quick last question, Dr. Haas. What has the response of visitors to your museum been?
0: It, it is interesting. When we opened 50 years after the event, um, it, this was uh, 92. In 95, we had the 50th anniversary um, of the end of World War II. And people thought, well, this will the interest will go down. People 50 years later, come on, this is not interesting anymore. The opposite is true. The numbers of uh, visitors go up. We still uh, have a, a large, a huge interest. People coming voluntarily, professional groups coming. Of course, school classes are being brought there. But people, I think, see when they come and have the time and do programs with us, that this is still a relevant history, uh, even though it's it's so long ago.
1: Dr. House, keep up the incredible work that you do. And thank you so much for joining me. It's a fascinating conversation. I would love to have continued with it, but unfortunately, we don't have more time but perhaps in the future we can pick up this conversation again
0: thank you very much thank you for having me and um it's a pleasure to be on the program